Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGurra, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Nick Hare and Peter Coghill of Aleph Insights. And this week we're discussing town planning. Um, Nick, so Nick, town... tell us why we're talking about town planning. That normally does the trick. <laughs> yeah. So I was trying to think of something funny to say. Before we start, uh, I have a prediction about this podcast. Oh yeah, go on, go on. Well, I, I predict that Nick is going to make the case for not having a lot too much planning. I will make the case for having lots of planning. And then at the end, we'll come together saying, well, actually, yes, you do need some planning. That's the, mm. that's what I predict. Interesting. Hold that I think thought, you might listeners. have cottoned onto the Aleph Insights cognitive yeah. engineering Pattern, podcast right? formula. <laughs> yeah. but where do I fit into all this? Or is it? Oh, yeah, no, well, that's you, just you, you bumble along in the background yeah. as normal. No, no, the master puppeteer. Yeah. Um, okay, Nick, town planning. Tell us all about it. Yeah, don't switch off, listener. It's more interesting than that. Um, <laughs> well, let's town, hope so. So I was inspired to think about this uh, last week when I decided to go for a walk on a nice sunny morning to Hampstead Garden suburb. Yeah, which is a place um, not far. It's about an hour's an hour and a bit's walk from where I live. And I've never it, heard of it. I'd heard of Hampstead. I've heard of West Hampstead, Hampstead Heath. I've never heard of Hampstead. Garden yeah, they want to keep it that way. It's a very right. strange uh, and interesting little place, which is a small suburb. It's probably about a you know one mile by half a mile. It's not it's not huge, and it's and it's almost hidden. In the sense that you no sort of main roads go through it and you would really only go there if you wanted to go to Hampstead Garden suburb. But it's a really uh, I mean, it's interesting architecturally because it's all um, it's a mix of of different but very consistent early 20th century architectural styles. So it's, it, it, and it's hugely protected. I mean, it's very, very difficult to change anything. They've got a, they've got a very stringent set of rules that you have to live by, um, including like not having garden gnomes and not painting your house a funny colour. You're not allowed garden gnomes. Not allowed all sorts of things. So they they um, uh, and and so it's pristine. I mean, utterly sort of. It's like going back in time to the to the Edwardian era. Um, and uh, except for the cars and the people, obviously, but it, it's you know a really interesting little place to walk around, and it has um, sort of a nice uh, it has got a non-denominational church, and it's got a big synagogue, and it has a nice playing fields, and it's got Henrietta Barnet School, which is a really staggering building. It's a really kind of tall, uh, you know, sort of vaguely neoclassical type type building. I was, I was really impressed by it. Now, wait before you go on, what I I hate the sound of this place. Yeah, like oh, it's very... very Stepford Wives. I, I, I would hate to live there. God, I, I would, it would drive me nuts. But let me finish making the case for it. Right. Go so on. it's it's it was a an early example of a planned town. Yeah. In that, um, so it was founded by Henrietta Barnett herself, who um was a I think a philanthropist type person. They had a lot of those, didn't they, in those days. And um, she set up this trust in 1906, uh, bought uh, 240 acres of land from Eton College Mm. and um, got one architect, Raymond Unwin, to to design the whole place. And the aim actually very much not been stuck to, I have to say, but the aim was that it should cater for all classes of people and all income groups. Mm. Um, The housing density should be low, that the roads should be tree lined. The houses should be separated by hedges and not walls. 
that there are woods and public gardens free to all but also no church bells no no noisy things at all mm. so they had to have a, a private bill in parliament to uh to, to build it and um and then they did and it's stayed like that ever since town planning wonderful good it's a good wonderful thing but, yeah so <laughs> but I mean, then look. the second world war happened but we'll get on to that so yeah i just say it's, it's and i thought well look that is how town pl- i like i like this town planning this hampstead garden suburb it's nice to look at i wouldn't want to live there but you know then then i then i thought well where did it go wrong with places like skelmersdale and peterborough yeah um and that's before we, before we even get into the horrors of milton Keynes. um yeah i mean look on the face of it wouldn't it be nice just to yeah to plan all this stuff right planning is good and plan uh, a, a place that would be nice to live rather than just let it all grow up higgledy piggledy um before i bring in you peter just the the the, the, the thing that you said i mean first of all it just sounds just too good to be true just too nice it just sounds a bit like truman show-esque a little bit um but but the, the big thing is that you're not allowed gnomes now don't get me wrong i'm no big gnome lover and I, I don't have a gnome. You're not a gnomosexual. I'm not, no, despite what you might have read in the press, no. And um, the, but the very fact that I'm not allowed to have a gnome immediately makes me want to have a gnome, okay? Well, don't, and I just don't... move there. That's what, there are people in Hampstead Garden Suburb who moan about this, and I think, why are you there? Go and live somewhere else. Well, the, don't good move point, somewhere good really but nice But it just sounds very controlled about the things that made it that way. Yeah, very controlling. Um, so anyway, but the point is... Um, 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 planned towns, good thing, Peter. Yeah, I totally agree. I think all all, pl- all towns, no matter how higgledy piggledy they may seem, have some degree of planning, mm. even if it's de- even if it's pretty atomic. Like somebody has decided that that is where they're going to build a house. That's a plan, right? So they've 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 optimized that 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 fairly atomic decision. Um, but what but, about if we talk degrees of then? Yeah, so degrees of right. But so we so on a on a sort of city or town scale there there are lots of good reasons for planning um it, 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 uh, and it, it essentially boils down to it not being a complete mess and unlivable um so some degree of kind of like steering of where things are built and where things cannot be built what what, what activities can be done and what, what activities can't be done helps everyone sort of gel along a little bit better together yeah, that's uh, what the Nazis said. Yeah, but it's a, but it so but but it, so but it, 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 the, the 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 town that you're in, the, the the way the streets are laid out, where the schools are, where the shops are, that's really pretty fundamental infrastructure to human life that lives there. So, in order for it to be effective, you have to put some degree of control in it. Otherwise, it would just be a complete mess, and everyone would build their houses too close to the well or too far away from the stream or whatever, um, and it would it wouldn't it just wouldn't work i can't i can't imagine well um i'm afraid i don't think i is i've got some evidence as to why that might not be the case it sounds very plausible and i think plausible for the same reason that people argued that you know you needed to have central planning in the economy because the economy is really complicated and if we didn't have central planning you know people would overproduce stuff or underproduce stuff and everyone would be worse off and and we know that that isn't true um so zoom forward if you will, in time to the 1946, that uh, the New Towns, uh, the New Towns Act of 1946, which is a very post World War, very engineering led, 
you know, uh, planning mentality, really, that suddenly we were going to build a new Britain and it wasn't going to be based on old fashioned things. We're going to get rid of all the slums. We're going to build all these lovely new uh, towns to make space for all these people who've been bombed out and, you know, who, who lived in um, places that were falling apart and, and uh, ridden with poverty. And um, this is where in three waves, really, first of all, the sort of immediate post-war, really, for a few years after the first second world war where you know you you that places like crawley uh basildon harlow um all all set up uh as lovely escapes really for people living in the country to go and live a city to go and live in a in a sort of nice rural town which was all orderly and planned and then the second wave of the 60s which is probably the ones we we associate with being really terrible um you know that's where you get your uh, sort of run run corn and uh and uh uh, Skelmersdale in Lancashire and places like that and then there was a third wave after that I think before they really fell out of fashion in about 1970 planning towns um, because a lot of these uh, towns turned out to be awful um, and I just thought it'd be worth before we even think about what was awful about them I was I was interested in finding out whether or not people who lived in new towns were happier or less happy than um, than first of all than England as a whole because I only looked at England mm. and as an even fairer comparison with other people in their county okay right? so but, but before you go what's on your prediction Nick, well hold on hold on Nick before you go on actually because something that not everyone might be aware of as a listener especially if you're not in the UK is actually the kind of the context to what we're discussing here and is and the subtext to what we're all talking about is that new towns in the UK have got a bit of a bad rap they're kind of a byword for being a bit naff and, and, and planning gone wrong. So maybe we should have said that earlier. Is that yeah, a fair sort of kind of characterisation? Well, if you think of a new town, you're probably mm. talking about a shopping centre, probably mm. made, it uh, looks like a box and made of concrete. Exactly. Um, some sort of, you know, attempt at a public space with concrete pillars. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you, very orderly road layouts, probably mm. lots of cul-de-sacs um, and, uh, you know, lots of sort of perhaps the old tower block um, here and there. Uh, lots of open space. Town planners mm. thought that was something people want in their towns. I don't I don't think that's right. But um, so they, they built in lots of open space and parks and those kinds of things. Mm. Um but also, but I think all of them have this have a sense of being dead. I mean, that's yeah, they still get, after being put in the mixer for seventy years. You know, these places have really desolate um, town centres. You know, yeah. and, and there's no sense because they're not organic. You know, because someone has said here is the town centre. Yeah. Um, so, so just who just so, yeah. Yeah, to what? go back to your question, which yeah. was that, is that what you were coming on to? Are I think people the, happier or less happy. Yeah, they're going to be happier. Towns. They're going to they're going to report happier. being happier. Is my is my prediction? I don't Peter, have you got an intuition? I don't know. I think mm, I my intuition is that people in towns are generally less happier than their wider county um, neighbours. I so I don't know. I I think they'd be less happy in new towns. Yeah, although, I mean, most people live in towns, right? So my comparison is with the county as a whole um, and also England as a whole. But but 82% uh, of people living in new towns, or rather 82% of new towns have people, have below average oh. satisfaction. 70% <laughs> um, uh, of them are less happy. 65% mm. of them are more anxious. 
So mm. um, I, I, I feel like now there's all kinds of causes and effects going on here. Now, it could well be that, you know, people um, who are those things, you know, have tended to move to new towns. I'm not saying new towns cause people to be miserable, but I thought it was an interesting bit of data. But I, I think the this just, you know, what are the problems with planning um, is is the question here. And I and I feel like the, the issue is. Um, um, the idea, I think, the, the idea that you we know how to do it, I think, is the is the dangerous thing. The idea that we and, and the kinds of things that planners looked at, you know, when they were, when they were designing these things was like, OK, well, we think that people, you know, uh, hit and this is the kind of thing they would have thought. Well, that you've typically got um, a housewife who needs to go to the shops once a day uh, and, you know, she's going to need to be able to walk there or take the bus. And so we need to have a little shopping centre here, here, here. And then we need to have the big shopping centre, which you might go to one a week, once a week. Um, when it got to Milton Keynes, you know, they were that was in the era when they were everything was designed around cars. And it was like, OK, well, everyone's going to be driving everywhere in the future. So mm. we're going to make the entire town basically uh, a place you can easily drive around. And these are the kinds of things which, you you know, you can see why, why they did it. It was like, look, to the best of our knowledge, this is this is at what is going to be based on and what do you want if you're in a car you need nice nice big straight roads and so we'll just make everything nice big straight roads and that's why it doesn't work because that whatever it is that people want from towns it's a lot more numinous than that you know people don't just want the list of things that people in the 60s thought made people happy they don't just want look i want uh you know to be able to get to a nice shopping center conveniently it's all yeah. kinds of other things like history and chaos and um you know and I, I i mentioned open space i mean i i don't like open space in my town centers i want it to be crowded in with buildings and shops and you know people a couple, a couple of things just I want, I want to bring you in peter but before we do i've spent quite a, a reason i know milton Keynes pretty well by the way because um, I was brought up in Bedford, which is not far from there, and and people used to love Milton Keynes for the shopping. You know, that's the big thing about Milton Keynes. But what you may or may not know is, it's just roundabouts. I mean, just endless roundabouts. And I'm very good at getting lost, but I'm I'm a master at getting lost in uh, Milton Keynes because everything looks the same. It's just round, endless roundabouts, and with like grassy um, slopes everywhere, and it's impossible to get around. The other thing that is quite cool in Milton Keynes and it goes back to this sort of when planning comes up against reality is I think it's got a concrete cow are you familiar with this yeah the concrete so cows yeah. yeah they're yeah. very famous yeah <laughs> and of course what people are, you know getting another papier-mâché bull and putting it on top of the concrete cow is a you know is a fun local pastime um <laughs> anyway I digress. Uh, no, look, the other thing I want to, uh, to talk about is I think what could be interesting here is I think is the English stroke British context to what extent we like being in somewhere planned because most countries around the world or even if we just go to Europe, they're pretty planned. Even their older towns or cities are pretty planned. So, I mean, a good example is, is Madrid. Um, which you know they in lots of Europe they've got this grid system that they love. Yeah, mm. Barcelona is an amazingly yeah. grid-like yeah. place. And I don't think we like well, that. So a, a fun fact: the the, the sort of um, iron grid it's sometimes called in town mm. planning is really really ancient. So the first, for one of the first uh, examples of it was in Indus and Kathmandu valleys in 2000, uh, two thousand six hundred BC. The plans were t the, the the towns were built in this grid wow. pattern. Yeah, yeah, and those yeah. towns are no longer around. 
which mm. just goes to show. See, I, I, isn't it the case, though, that like lots of individuals traipsing up and down where they really need to go, what where the shortest paths are, you know, yeah. is going to give you a more optimal system than trying to work it out a priori and laying down a, a, a set of roads for people. I mean, that's, I suppose, my deep down feeling is why not? Why not? You know, the roads that Just we've got in central London, it. which are a little patchwork of really windy, wiggly, woggly, they represent some optimization from the past that mm. we're not aware of. Yeah. Um, Except, uh, well, it becomes less optimal as it gets filled in. It's no longer optimal for... It was optimal. And as modes of transport change as well, yeah. and, and density and all that kind of stuff. But I like the fact that we have to adapt around it then, because it means that, for example, we could, uh, 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 you know, a, a drawing board happy technocrat from the 60s might have looked at the city of London and said, well, I'll tell you what, let's level it all and build just straight roads. That's much better. Yeah, and well, in they fact, nearly, they did they, do that. They, they, they did they do nearly, that to They nearly the did. The, the big, yeah. big sway, the Whitehall was nearly rebuilt uh, yeah. to be a sort of government, big government complex. But instead we go, well, you know what? Traffic's bad. Let's have a congestion charging zone and let's try and get traffic out. We'll pedestrianise. And hey, presto, the whole thing's much nicer because we've adapted to the city and not the other way around. Um, I feel we're sort of skating on this a little bit. And I also feel we're a bit one-sided at the moment. Um, Peter, I, I want to hear, you know, what yeah. are your thoughts? Push back against us. Well, us yeah, chaos so, I, mean, I, 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 I wouldn't disagree that complete centralised planning, so Designing a town from scratch is necessarily a good idea. I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue that at all. But I, the, there has to be some, some degree of planning. Um, so if you're working with what you've already got or starting from scratch, you want to include a bit of the chaos, a bit of the finding where the desire paths are. But you also need to plan it. Otherwise, it will be chaotic. So you can't just let's say, right, it, big, big, big open greenfield site. People go and live there, build what you want where you want. That will very quickly become a sort of tragedy of the commons where you have people competing for proximity to the the well or the road or whatever and 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 um so yeah so you, so you need some degree of planning in order to promote like quality of life to predict the economic growth or decline of the town and 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 sort of uh incentivize business or or residential zones in that to, to suit the changing need of the town um and in order to plan, you know, plan immunity, sort of plan things like transport and plan things like um, utilities, you need you need you need to have some degree of understanding of where you're going in order to plan for these things, which take 10, 20 years to sort of bring into service. So, yeah, you need you need some degree of planning where that line is probably depends on what kind of town you're what kind of town you're 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 planning. So. In, in in North London, it's pretty chock block. There's not much you can do. Uh, you can't just level huge swathes of houses and rebuild them because um, it's too be too expensive. Much as I'd like to. I mean, isn't sorry? Isn't the answer to this is really boring? Which is that just something in the middle. You know, you've got to plan it a bit, but don't yeah, plan it well, too much. Look, it's it worth. It's probably worth mentioning the the kind of Chicago school libertarian type argument um, against town planning, which is that if, if, if you internalize, try and marketize all of those factors, then you, you end up with incentives to get it right anyway. So to go to Peter's point about proximity to the well and that kind of thing, well, if I'm a landowner and I want to maximize the rent I can charge, you know, I, I want to get that right. You know, I don't I, it, like I'm, if I build an, if I build five nice houses and they make people better off than 10 nasty houses, 
then that will be reflected in higher rents that I can charge, right? So, so I'd, I'd rather I'd rather do the thing that maximizes the value of that land, and that ultimately is that is maximizing the value of what people are willing to pay for. So, so the the that's the argument. To and then to but to back Peter up, I've got a good example of how of where actually you get externalities all the time. So things that aren't necessarily marketed and which you have to. Um, which you have to have some kind of regulation uh, about, and that's—I uh, don't know if you're familiar with a with a little place called Piccadilly Circus. Have you heard tell of such a place? What do you think of when you think of Piccadilly Circus? Think of Eros. The what? Eros. Eros, yes, but what else? Lots of traffic. Traffic, but also big signs, big flashing signs. That's what everyone <laughs> thinks of. Oh, There's right, that okay. big wall of flashing signs. So I, think the, 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 I think of that beautiful vista you have of as you look northwest to Regent Street curving off beautifully. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very nice. But the but just to your right, if you're standing at Eros looking in yeah. that direction, is this horrible big wall of flashing bright lights advertising Coca-Cola and stuff like that. Yeah. And that that is basically uh, a uh, an accident because the, the, when they widened the roads in Piccadilly Circus in, I think, the 20s or 30s, they um uh they demolished the buildings but they forgot to change the regulation about not having um basically the 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 regulation that said you weren't allowed to put huge adverts on your building applied only to the buildings around piccadilly circus and when they demolished some of them the buildings behind them did not have that restriction applied to them hence people immediately all the owners of those buildings slapped up huge adverts um and uh, and they've been there ever since you know they've then become a feature i guess i mean mm. that you know i i think they're pretty horrible but yeah you find um, you find them in you know, tourist guidebooks for london and yeah. as a thing to go and look at it's like really it's just a big neon sign like i mean i can't but i mean I, so that's the point it, it, if you let people if you let people do what they want you know mm. what they might do is uh benefit themselves at a cost to other people and you know that's where you get things like um you know prop sanitation problems and uh and uh pollution noise pollution and other kinds of pollution you know so yeah no i do accept there's while externalities exist there's going to be a role for a planner hmm. um i've got a question i want to ask but um before i do because we're sort of at the end um but before i do is there anything else Anything. Yeah, I just wanted to name some of the preposterous sounding ideas that town plan. Well, I, I think partly it's it's I, I have an objection to the kind of people who want to plan towns. I just think they're probably not the kind of people you want to plan towns. But they, <laughs> there are things called uh, Ebenezer Howard's three magnets theory. Um, okay. The uh, the concentric model zone, yes. otherwise known yeah. as the Burgess model. Yeah. The Radburn superblock, the right. sector model the multiple nuclei model, you know, all of these kind of crazy concepts where you, you sort of say, look, wouldn't it be great if everything was pentagons and then, hey, presto, your city looks <laughs> they, like a load of pentagons and everyone just, hates just it. Just working on the names alone, they don't sound any more ridiculous than the concepts we come up with in our report. Well, so. that's probably true. Actually, before the, the question I've got, just a comment, and I guess this falls under town planning stroke sociology. Um, I just think, I, again, another new town that I know very well, which you mentioned, which is one of the immediate post-war uh, places is Harlow. Um, so I used to live sort of, sort of five minute drive from there. And one of the interesting things about Harlow, various things, is first of all, you can stand at the edge of Harlow and it's got these beautiful rolling hills and you stand there and look at Harlow in the middle of it. And I have to say Harlow again is a byword in certainly where I used to live for just being a bit rough, let's just say that. 
um, as you look at this beautiful rolling Essex countryside, and you can't help but stand there and think this would once have been so beautiful. Mm. Um, but in, you've got all these horrible concrete blocks. But I think what's interesting is, is Harlow's got a reputation for being very rough and for having very rough people and for being crime-ridden. Apologies to any Harlow listeners out there. Um, but um, it's it, it, it's almost exclusively, if, I, if I'm correct, it was made up of people who'd been bombed out. Um, in London, specifically in the dock in Docklands, I think. Uh, so from what's that? Is it called the Isle of Dogs? The bit where it, yeah, it, where, yeah. And they all got moved to 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 Essex to this new town. And so I think it preser- one of the reasons why people in Harlow are kind of like they are. I've got the reputation is because there's all these hardcore East End Londoners just being suddenly plonked in the countryside, and like some weird social experiment to yeah. see what happens yeah yeah, How yeah. Long. you can take the you can take the copy out of the isle of dogs but you exactly. can't take the isle of dogs exactly yeah um i've got a question yeah and my question is this what is the most organized place that you've ever been to i'm thinking about you know a city here probably and what is the least organized place that you've ever been to either lived or visited and what's your preference what are your memories of of, of those places which did you like the most um Oh, I can jump in straight away because I, I've got. I, I must admit, it's slightly. Well, I was going to ask I... you about Brasilia. Well, I've never been to Brasilia. Oh, okay. Brasilia. Well, don't, don't, don't tell me about Brasilia then. No, probably, I probably shouldn't. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll leap in. Yeah, I've got a couple of places. So, first of all, just thinking about the most organised place I've, I've ever visited or lived, which is in at the University of East Anglia. I studied there, did a master's degree, and um, they've got ziggurats. So, this sort of concrete designed in the seventies pyramids type structures. Um, so that's the very organised place, but also I here's a, I think you probably know this. I, as far as I know, do you know what the oldest city in the in the Western Hemisphere is? Mm. Oh, what, Jerusalem or something? Maybe let's say in Western Europe. I think I'm right in saying it's Cadiz, okay, oh. in southwest Spain. Okay, so that's yeah. a bit implausible to me, but if you say no, so. No, it is, because it, I think it's founded by Phoenicians, I think, or something like that. Um, so yeah, I think the oldest city in Western Europe, and I lived there for a year. Okay, and the interesting thing about Cadiz is that um, it's um, it's on a peninsula, as you might know. Mm. But actually, I didn't both the organised and the disorganised place that I'm talking about. I didn't like either of them, because in the ziggurats in Norwich, it's just very difficult to live in them. You couldn't really see out, and you couldn't see your neighbours because the way it was kind of designed. Whereas in Cadiz, you'd have thought on a peninsula, I was always getting lost because the roads are just so higgledy piggledy and narrow. And you'd think on a peninsula, it was only like, you know, maximum three miles wide or something, you can't get that lost. And i go, right, I don't, I've no idea, but if I go that way, I'll hit the sea. And an hour later, I was, I was still wandering around um, these sort of, these roads, these little alleyways that go all over the place. Again, it's your roundabout awesome. problem. Yeah, and just getting, yeah, getting just utterly frustrated. Just walking in a circle. Yeah. Anyway, those are my two places. Didn't like either. Peter or Nick? Um, I, well, I, I grew up in Northampton, so I, again, I was pretty close to Milton Keynes, and I always... I always liked Milton Keynes when I was pre-teens. I, it, it was there was something exciting about it. I liked it, so I so there we are. I've never lived there, so I don't know what it's like to actually live there. But as a cyclist, it's a very good city for cycling. There are cycle paths everywhere. It's a very good way, very good place to get around by by bicycle. Um, but hold on, why did, why did you find it exciting? I don't know. I, I I'm trying to I'm trying to think what it was, but it was just. The, it was. I kind of liked the whole feel of the place. Because he's an of, engineer, and it was all super ordered, concretey orderness of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the big plate, the big sort of glass fronted things. And yeah, it, was it is worth saying that it's horses for courses, isn't it? I mean, you yeah. know, I'm not. 
um, force everyone and, uh, not and to actually, be I mean, I can, I, I've not lived there, but I can imagine, having cycled and walked around a bit, I can imagine it would be the, the if you if you find yourself having to live in a suburb, the suburbs in Milton Keynes are probably quite nice because you are very sheltered from the roads and they're kind of little tight knit sort of groupings of houses. So you could imagine community, you know, a community spirit developing there. I don't know if that's what actually happens, but it, it on paper, it looks quite nice. Mm. Um, so that's sort of a highly organized kind of thing. But my ideal place to live is basically a white cube in the middle of the woods. Like, so the, the, the house itself is highly organized, but it's amongst a completely disorganized, chaotic, na- natural, uh, na- na- sort of natural um, uh, environment. I like the sound of that. I like the sound of that. Yeah, 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 I think yeah. that probably, I, I feel like if you ask someone what their ideal house is, you discover that they're describing themselves. Mm. I feel like a white cube surrounded by messy, na- messy nature is a good way of perhaps, Peter, that's his yeah. soul. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we we don't need to cover the disorganised thing. That I mean, that's a nice answer as it stands. Uh, Nick, yeah. What if I what if I throw in the same city twice? I was thinking, should I go for Rome, which of course was planned by the Italians, but feels very uh, sorry, planned by the Romans, I suppose, in, back in the day, but feels very uh, organic and messy. Mm. But uh, I think uh, it, London. What I love, one of the things I love about London is just how how much how many different things there are. In, in london and and the the and how you the neighborhoods can change in such a sort short space of, of of you know geography but just thinking about um the contrast between uh say the west end um mm. not the west end but even if you go a little bit further so out to sort of um regents you know that area around regents park the very yeah. planned georgian development yeah. in regents park and contrast that with the city of london which of course is just as grown up mm. over millennia as a uh, in the way that it wants to be you know um very light touch planning as you'd expect uh but mm. you know it's a it feels i mean just it's a it's a tiny part of london but it's a packed full of geography it's got streets everywhere and little alleyways and and tunnels and it's excellent i, lo- I love the city of london um and and the west and you know regent's park which is supposed to be really nice i just find still find very sterile and it's been there for 200 years but it still hasn't got any life you know there's no feel of of shops or bustle it's just you know big white georgian houses and 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 cars so yeah i think i'm going to put london in twice under different Mm. circumstances different bits of it Mm. nice yeah no i like that i like that um okay we'll stop there as always Thanks for listening. Um, if you've got any thoughts or suggestions for topics, you can email us at podcast at We'd love to hear from you. Um, if you've enjoyed the podcast, um, Peter, what should people do? They should consider hitting the like button. <laughs> <laughs> and follow us on your chosen streaming service. Um, thanks, as always, for listening. You've been listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrewer. I've been here with uh, Peter Coghill and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. Until next time, goodbye. Mm-hmm.